0: Welcome to the commander theory podcast i'm nick beatman and i'm here with my friend zach mack hello theorists uh today we've got a very special guest ken nagel hey everyone uh ken has led the design for over a dozen expansions and is the current representative for green in the council of colors within wizards of the coasts r&d uh, it's great to have you on the show ken it's great to be here nick and zach look forward to talking about my favorite color of magic cards yeah we're going to be talking all about green in Commander, uh, its strengths, its weaknesses, its power level relative to the other colors, uh, and how Wizards is working to balance the color within the limits of the modern color pie. So I guess before we we jump into the topic of green in Commander, can you tell us what it means to be the green representative on the Council of Colors? Uh, what's the council, and what are your responsibilities? All right, so the Council of Colors
1: was created by Mark Rosewater uh, a few years ago now when it was too big of a job to keep track of the color pie in the game by one person, namely Mark Rosewater. Notably, I led the first Commander product, which had cards in it that he had never seen before, like Chaos Warp. And since he was beholden to mm-hmm. the color pie stayed true, it became a bigger job than just one person. And so to be nice and flavorful and compartmentalize everything There's now five council members. There's also a colorless person to have an opinion on that matter. But for each council member, we have a color. I'm in charge of green. And I get to make sure that all the green cards at least pass through my eyes and try to make sure that we're not doing too many things off color uh, for the color. We make sure that each set is different, right? Some sets lean towards artifacts which is a bizarre thing for green to do. But that set would have to have only the artifact-happy green cards. And then we would return to normal, right, where green actually doesn't like artifacts anymore, right? So every set to feel a little different has to wiggle around, Mm -hmm. but we try to make sure there's a through line. It doesn't veer too far off. So we like to call them bends when you can meander off and then return. We like to call them breaks when it's too far and you're actually doing something that uh, shouldn't be done.
0: I want to know, how do you you feel about green's power level in formats other than Commander? Uh, How do you think it's been in in Limited, Draft, or some of the other internal formats?
1: Yeah, so if you go really far back, green was one of the worst colors. I'm talking, you know, two decades (laughs) ago or so. Laughable, Mm -hmm. like Cracklin was supposed to be a good creature or something like that. Yeah. and then i'm pretty <laughs> I'm randy bueller who pushed and said hey we need to make better creatures and i think kabu titan is a very good example where it was pushed to be a two minute two two or five mana five five because six mana five five wasn't going to do it and i specifically remember that card coming out and being sweet you know now green has size you know that's mm-hmm. what its thing is and then it got pushed too far with all the flashback cards in Odyssey. It had Shower the Squirrel and Call the Herd and Beast Attack and Roar the Worm and Basking Walla and <laughs> Arrogant Worm. So, like, yeah. if you give green all the best stuff all the curve, yes, it actually becomes the best color. Anyway, but more recently, we are doing a good job with green. I would say the, the points, the pain points are... As magic gets more and more mature, we want more interaction in the game. In particular, when we're doing something like best of one games on arena or something like that, or lots of casual play where there's new no sideboards, green is actually like the worst color interaction. It's that's, that's one of a, a main state it's supposed to have. It will have the least tools at your disposal to stop your opponent from whatever they're doing. And the Veil of Summer is a. Probably the best example of an interactive green card that 's over the line, right, as far as getting banned in multiple formats
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but that card um, in particular, was trying to push a little more interaction in green. I have a an idea or two that are safer to push, okay, but I will say that that 's a point where it 's gone too far recently is trying to make interactive things that
0: mess your opponent up that are still. Uh, green without actually being overbearing. Just to, sort of to develop on that a little bit, uh, I'm, I'm curious about sort of where the line is for green creature removal and what the current restrictions are on what green creature removal can do. Right, so fight was invented in
1: Innistrad by Eric Lauer to give a sort of clean verb to say, hey, my creature, your creature, who's going to win? I have the better creature. Uh, We allow green to do that. Previously, you had to have, like, a provoke ability or, like, force a block or something like that. Messy with things that can tap. Because a lot of times, you're going to lose because of some utility creature on the other side of the board. Like, very frequently, some kind of mana elf is actually the best green creature in Standard. And you can (laughs) never can ever do anything about it, right? That's bad. So we want some kind of interaction with creatures for green. Creatures are super important. They're so important, we're willing to give green something for it. In particular, a mono-green mirror match, right? We Mm -hmm. don't want it to just be whose hand happens to curve exactly correct wins, right? We would like you to make some decisions on disrupting your opponent. So we allow the fight ability, my creature, your creature, fight. We want you to have a creature to start with, though, if you're going to get to cast it for super cheap. We will let you have your creature deal its power to another creature, again, with a spell, so you need a creature first. You can't just, on an empty board, stop your opponent's dragon from racing across and killing you. Mm -hmm. And then once you get further up the curve, we will let you have creatures that innately fight with themselves. And a lot of times this is to make powerful enough creatures that you will draft instead of some other powerful cards so the sticking point here is would you take air elemental over it right a somber walled stag some creature like that and oftentimes we put extra extra green pips in it right and the short answer is it's hard to get you yeah. to pick a green creature when you could just have some murdering demon that kills something right when it enters just mm-hmm. sort of Prop up some of that and get people to switch colors, we have to make sure that whatever green uncommon or rare creature can actually tussle with the best creatures of the other colors,
0: and it often means you need some kind of card advantage or tempo attached to it hmm. so is the intent generally that because it's this removal is is tied to a creature in some way that your opponents can interact with it, like if they have a doom blade and, and kill the creature in response that they can sort of prevent your removal for, from happening? Is that sort of the goal?
1: Yeah, we want the creature to matter in that you can wield your size and your strength, which is Green's got the very best as far as strength in creatures goes. So yes, if hmm. you try to fight and your creature gets summoned or destroyed or burned or the other creature somehow becomes stronger, right? Or indestructible or something else or has death touch or something cool, right? Then then it'll, it should all matter. A card that went over the line is the wolf that eats food, right, for indestructible. At the time, it was like, food, you should get some reward for this. However, when you are a creature fighting and you have indestructible, it's like you have infinite toughness, right? Just like a creature with death touch would have infinite power for the purposes of fighting other creatures. So we have these mantras of, don't try to assemble a non pie thing from your pie. Like, don't make a green creature with Death Touch and Indestructible that enters the battlefield and fights something, because that's a chupacabra, or right? It's it's,
0: it's a different
1: yeah. card. It's probably a black card. Yeah. <laughs> right, so and this interaction is really important. So that that's why I'm bringing up these interactive cards in green, because and they're the ones that towed over the line, because that's where we identified a need in the game to push. We pushed and we pulled back a little bit, but we definitely need our games to have interaction in them and we're mm-hmm. trying to slice it exactly right.
0: I'm going to try not to like, focus too much on specific cards going forward, but there is one I wanted to sort of get your opinion on since we are talking about things that maybe go over the line in this space. Uh, the card Kamal's Will from Commander Legends. If you have your commander on the battlefield, it makes any number of target lands you control one ones with indestructible and then each creature you control deals damage equal to its power to that creature so it's sort of seems like it's like the the end result is basically deal damage to target creature equal to the number of lands you control plus the power of creatures you control and that seems like something that's a little bit harder to interact with in the way that you could interact with like a Somberwalt stag, is that something that's sort of over the line?
1: We need car- We need the card to have two modes that are compelling, right? And we found that if we just let people animate their lands, they they don't like doing that because they can all die, right? <laughs> the indestructible <laughs> part is there for a reason that is not have to do with we should have things fight and be indestructible or, or whatever, right? It that's there for it. A different reason, as a feel-good reason.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you do have to have your commander in play to do both. Okay, But, I mean, it is towing the line a little bit. I mean, there's other cards they are they're free if you have your commander too, right? The power grading commander is higher, a little higher in general. If we pull back too much on mm-hmm. the cards that are specifically for commander, they're, they're, they're more like they're blanks. Gotcha. But, yeah.
0: That sort of leads into my next question. How do the rules of commander affect green's strengths and weaknesses how how does green play out in the commander format
1: (laughs) something that happens when you have 40 life to play with and many opponents to kill is suddenly you need way more resources to take out the table than you do in a 1v1 right so this is why mana ramp is integral i get Plenty of feedback from players about this all the time. And so suddenly it becomes king to not only ramp an extra mana, but to actually play all the, the cards that ramp you two more mana, right? There's a bunch of four mana cards that give you two mana, and you can even play the six mana cards that give you three mana, right? So you actually don't stop. You can play Hegen Archive and then Dreamstone Hegen, right? And, and you can actually get a lot from those. So the main point that uh, green is aided by is having more getting acquiring more resources or just enough resources to defeat all your opponents i found that a doubling your mana is kind of just enough to get you to beat all your opponents right you can play something like that nissa who yeah world right (laughs) Mm -hmm. like a marari's wake is usually enough to get you ahead enough to suddenly play the arch enemy and defeat everybody another thing is you suddenly can all the huge numbers on your mm-hmm. creatures which we love to give to green cards we want them to be the biggest ones like the 7th 8th 12th 13th power starts mattering right instead of being overkill in a 20 life format and the other piece of the pie is we mm-hmm. also let you draw cards in green if they're tied to your creatures and since you are ramping anyway you've got the other part of card draw that that becomes the formula to win because your opponent's life total is something that don't need to deal with initially at the start. You can figure it out after you've already accrued all your resources. So we we definitely know that green is ahead uh, on many axes here when it comes to Commander. Um, I'm sort of the one in the council meetings that has to say pull back. Other people try to pull right? They're like, let's, <laughs> let's give white some more ways to draw cards, if that's even possible. Let's try to give red some, like, resource accumulation cards right instead of just throwing everything at one opponent and then being out of gas so i usually have to say mm-hmm. back on some green cards like don't don't actually write everything uh, when we make a new primeval bounty Like, just it just does everything yeah. right anyway mm-hmm. i have a strange position where I'm I'm actually beating up a lot of green cards compared to what other council members are having to do with
3: it. I mean, is that because it's, like, fun to design green cards? Like, it feels like it's fun to design no, green you f- cards.
1: You figured it out. This is from Ian Duke, <laughs> who's, as magic has grown in age, we made lots and lots of cards. We have lots and lots of players, right? We want to keep everyone happy. Richard Garfield initially said, hey, here's a creature, here's a land, here's an instant, here's a sorcery, right? Here's an enchantment. Play with your cards. And then he also had destroy a creature, destroy an enchantment, destroy a land, right? Nice old stone rain. That was just the normal thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Blow up a blue card or island, blow up a red card or a mountain, right? It's just like there was... Acid rains, blue cards that blow up all the forests, right? There was just it was not sacred. Okay. Making your opponent discard cards at random. That wasn't like you can make them discard. You can counter their blow up their lands. (laughs) But over time, we've pulled way, way, way back on countering every card your opponent ever plays, making them discard every card they could ever draw, right? And blowing up all their lands they could ever play. Right. So we've pulled way back on all those. And because the green mechanics are the fun mechanics where you make some mana, get some lands, make some creatures, (laughs) make some tokens, put a bunch of counters on them, enchant them, make them all stronger, right, Double them in power and toughness and crash in and hit your opponent for 100 damage, right? Those are all the fun things to do, gain a bunch of life in the process. So because of fun over time, yes, green has had has been relatively intact over time and just had its stuff pushed. Uh, I will say that it used to be that green green was supposed to get all the big creatures, you mm. know, like Force of Nature and stuff like that. However, magic is just more fun. Every color has amazing yeah. large creatures, right? So lots of angels are super amazing <laughs> and powerful and dragons are pushed, right? Some vampires and demons and stuff were pushed some sphinxes get pushed, right? So that suddenly didn't become sacred that, hey, if you were going to cast a six-mana creature or a seven-mana creature or a 10-mana creature or whatever it is, that the best one was going to be green. Well, now all the colors get amazing creatures on the high end of the curve because it's just more fun game that way.
3: I, that kind of leads into some of the next questions but i guess how has green's color pie changed in recent years
1: yeah so recently the interaction point is one of the most important things we've pulled back on
2: mm-hmm.
1: specifically like one mana green creatures that generate mana it's now a pretty rare thing that will make one just to try to pull the reins back on standard like we try to make a birds of paradise in dominaria right I was on that set, and I was like, this is going to fly, right? I will say that the color fixing is another thing that's spilled over into other colors. So, like, we now print dual lands in fives and often tens, right? It used to be that you needed to green card of a lay of the land or a birds of paradise or something like that. A fertile ground would be a great way to fix your colors, and it would cost you a mana or two or something. But now we make lots and lots of dual lands, so... It's just a good idea to let lots of different two and often three-colored decks work. That's not been that recent, hmm. but over time, we've been treating all the two-color pairs more more fairly. The only other part is probably the interaction part to push a little bit there. We've been trying, and green's the one that's we've been trying to siphon off a little bit, perhaps, right? Try to make sure that white has the better enchantment yeah. cards, <laughs> and it's not... Enchantresses, you know, in green are the best rewards, right? We, we would like that the other colors uh, have stuff that's them.
3: I mean that that also. You're segueing this so easily for me. <laughs> green has had its card draw tied to creatures, enchantments. It's had them tied to lands entering the battlefield. So like creatures with the Great Henge, enchantments mm-hmm. with a Champion, lands with Tireless Tracker, like investigating. So is drawing cards when permanents enter the battlefield part of green's color pie? Or is it more that green has, yeah, like an affinity for these things?
1: It's more that green can draw cards when tied to creatures. However, it's, this is probably something that could be pulled back on a little bit. I cast a Shamanic Revelation like last week, and it drew like 13 cards. And I said, I don't know if this mm-hmm. is quite right, because yep. one card... <laughs> can make many tokens, right? <laughs> and I said, hey, you know, this is a relatively generous yeah. thing for this color to have. Permanence entering the battle is le- it's not the important part. It's the fact that Tireless Tracker is a creature, okay? But that card in- is another example of the card drawing mm-hmm. uh, on the green card was better than, like, the card drawing on the blue cards. But yeah, <laughs> it often happens when we make a new mechanic or make, you know, some kind of a new clue token, and we want something to be cool and hit. So the repeated clue generation on that particular green card was uh, proved to be too generous, while also making the trackers stronger. Right. So it's not that the lands entering the battlefield mm-hmm. is from creatures that have landfall on them. That's kind of another place that's been pushed because we just you know make another Zendikar set. Right. So we want players want landfall. I was playing on yeah. Spell Table with my Landfall deck, and I played someone who had the same color Landfall deck, and their deck was just way better than mine. Uh, it turns <laughs> out that being really good for playing lands, which is something you want to do anyway, we don't have to keep bribing you too hard to get you to play all your lands. So it's more that green is likes lands, but we give them nice Landfall <laughs> abilities. Skyler Tracker happened to be a creature. It's that
2: mm-hmm.
1: You just play permanence, you draw cards. That that's not the demarcation there. I do feel like that mm-hmm. letting you just draw raw mm-hmm. cards based on the number of creatures you have is probably better for a gold effect. But I do think it's cool when you have like Rishkar's expertise or soul's majesty that like draw equal to your like a really big or a life's yeah. legacy, like. I do think that that's uh, very green to have a very large creature, and that is a is a way to draw your cards. But just having a huge wide board of tokens, we're trying to let white do more of that, Okay, not specifically reward it so much uh, in green. So like I said, I'm, I'm often mm-hmm. here having to say, pull back on maybe this green card, try to let the white card do it better, try to let the blue card do it better. That's just very normal, everyday activity, by the way. Council.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and you mentioned um, a, a moment ago uh, enchantresses and maybe letting, you know, white get a bit more of that, like, enchantment-loving part of the color pie. So, like, is Satessan champion? Are we going to see fewer cards like this in the future, maybe? Or, or maybe more often see them in white?
1: When we make enchantment linear sets, you know, like Theros Beyond Death is... Green does like enchantments, although the sticking point I try to make is that you know white should have more rewards for having enchantments. You know, mm. and hopefully the best ones as well. When we make a set that is linear, such as enchantments, or it likes artifacts, or it likes the graveyard, or something like that, you're going to see more of the rewards in the colors that we're allowing to do that. But I mean, it's just this is mm. sort of a. A sum, a sum thing in general people don't place sums of all the enchantment linears in a set they play certain cards right so we often yeah stuff and then we adjust uh, after the fact if people happen to like certain tools more than others it's a the collectible card game right mm-hmm. you get to play what you want right i'm i'm a <laughs> game designer but i actually don't tell you what to play with you can pick what you want. If everyone is always picking mm-hmm. all the green cards for a thing when we would like them to pick the white cards at least half of the time, right, then we need to adjust something.
3: Yeah. Kind of in that same vein, you're talking about green getting two things and maybe, like, reining some of that in. Green currently has, like, single target, like, large pump, like a plus four, plus four on a creature and overrun effects at the same time is that just going to be something that we continue to see for forever is green going to have multi target and single target pump as long as green exists do you think
1: uh hopefully the green lasts forever by the way
3: oh yeah oh definitely that
1: we have here a hole that we have here at wizards is we we feel we have stewardship right over something bigger than ourselves Mm. you feel like The game will last generations and generations, okay? And it's up to me to keep it fun and keep it going.
3: You've been doing a good job.
1: We've learned. I mean, I mentioned a few hiccups, and you mentioned some more hiccups. But I will say that you've picked a category of card that might actually just be the most fun card, right? Like Giant Growth. The card is really, really high on the, this is one of the most fun cards in the entire game. And the game would be far worse off without instant mm-hmm. game, like pump effects. We actually slice it. It may not be obvious. I'm glad you asked questions like this. We actually want the white tricks to be better when they are small, and we want the green tricks to be better when they are big. So, for example, plus 1, plus 0, plus 1, plus 1. Hmm. Maybe plus 2, plus 1, plus 1, plus two, plus two, 2, plus 2, plus 2, plus 3. Like, those kinds of things. We actually like the white cards to be better. 1-mana, 2-mana, instant tricks. They should win more combats, I guess. I'll say. Mm-hmm. Like, And we also grant lots of keywords on those white tricks, right? If you've ever felt like the white tricks have kind of gotten yeah. better over time, it's because they probably have. <laughs> and then we'd like 3s and 4s and all those really big numbers to be on the green cards. That way you can trade up really high on the curve, right? Instead of tussles with creatures of similar mana cost, right, where a small effect is actually all you need, you'd rather just pay a single mana to do it or get a cantrip out of it or some life from a lifelink or, or whatever bonus you have. We want the white cards to be better, but once the numbers are big, we like the green cards to be better. And they're fun because you can attack a tiny creature and do a big one and you know size all the way up, or actually hit your opponent for a lot of damage, which is also fun too. But... I think all the colors mm-hmm. do want instant tricks. I think Dive Down or something is a, like a crazy blue trick. So oh, yeah, we want mm-hmm. the combat to be dynamic and interesting and scary, and you don't quite know what's going to happen. So those are all super important. It makes the game fun every turn. It makes the game have a bunch of uh, hidden information that matters, if there actually are tricks. And then it also makes it watchable, right, in coverage, right, So the instant speed tricks, there is a delineation there. And it's pretty similar in that going pumping your team plus one or plus two or plus two plus one is some of the fun numbers is usually more white in that there will be more of them probably printed. And then once you get to big numbers, we actually are happy with green giving plus three plus four doubling, I guess, you know, is is a Mm. green thing. So we try to put the little numbers on the white cards and the bigger numbers on the green cards, at least on the team pumps.
0: I've got sort of like two follow-up questions to that. One is sort of like, you know, if you have like an overrun effect, it, it tends to, in a way, it can reward having like more small creatures in terms of the fact that you're just getting more total power pumped. If you've got like three 1-1s one versus one 3-3 three three versus, you know, something like a, a giant growth that just makes one thing larger so for me like green having both these overrun effects and these giant growth effects make it a little bit confusing as to whether green is supposed to be like the go tall color with like the biggest creatures or the go wide color with like a lot of small creatures and then and like appropriate rewards for that
1: right so the we need to make clean cards fun cards it is fun to actually cast Mm -hmm. some thing that pulls all your team and swings and you actually hit them for Way too much damage, right? That's fun too. Yeah. The point where we is probably going wrong here is when the green cards are making too many tokens, and so we've trying to adjust to where the white cards make more of the tokens, and the green cards make larger tokens. So every color does get mm. to make tokens. They're super fun. You can actually personalize what your token is how you represent on the battlefield. But um, we're trying to pull back on the, like, beacons of creation that just spam the whole board with tons of one ones, right, that are green cards, yeah. and try to make white better at wide and green token making better at tall. It doesn't always land that way, and there's, you know, history, too. You can play the cards from the past. I had a Suzuki Summons, right, beacon your yeah. deck, right, that was uh, going quite wide. But that's where I would point out that probably needs to be pulled back is not that overruns are conflicted or unfair it's more that the white wides should be wider and the green things that make tokens should be taller
0: hmm. yeah I, i'm looking forward to seeing that development i um you know i think like scoot swarm might be it'd be great to see something like that in white like it'd be great to have like the white token generation be in the 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 one that crashes arena. Yeah, we actually uh. mentioned that
1: in a meeting, that, hey, oh. perhaps this thing that generates tons of 1-1 tokens, we should just recognize that even if it's flavorfully a green card, even if it's a riff on a, a previous green card, Yeah, let's have more discipline to make the best 1-1 token generating card a white card. Yeah, we specifically said what you just said in a meeting. <laughs> oh, that's funny.
3: So it's, it's basically like Selesnya or like white green is going to look a lot like, like what like classic tokens. Yeah, like white produce, produces the overruns. Exactly. So it's going to like traditional, like old school overrun lists are going to probably be more concentrated in white green in the future is kind of the goal. It sounds like.
1: Yeah, we would like it if you had a reason to play one color with the other color. Right. So that's mm-hmm. another reason that maybe. Yeah. You were cool. If they're better with your white cards right we we love stuff like that if you play bounce with your blue cards and you make your opponent discard them with your black cards that's all amazing fun gameplay that needs to be in the game as much as humanly possible right we want our players to make lots of combos happen on their that they come up with they feel really smart so yes now like when the chips fall down, you know, if they're, this plane happens to only have tiny snakes on it or something, we, we might have to do extra heavy lifting to yeah. try to mm-hmm. fit what we want our uh, cars mechanically to do creatively, right? We can't keep printing the same thing all the time. Each world is a little different. But yes, we're, mm-hmm. we're all aware of... like I like the, the green stompy deck in Standard, right? The Love Struck Beast and stuff like that. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm creatures going in adventures and you get you get Mm -hmm. some value play them early and they do extra when you play them late right so we want a mono deck to play a certain way and have a hole or two in its game plan and you can make them different when you add the other colors
0: Mm -hmm. well i wanted to, to just follow up on something you said a little while ago you mentioned that thinking about it that like maybe shamanic revelation type effects might make more sense as multicolor. What two-color combinations specifically were you thinking of for, for that kind of effect? Possibly
1: blue and green, maybe white and green, just just not mono-green, okay? Not just uh, with bonuses on top of it. It's possible green's supposed to be more like draw a card for all the three-power creatures and higher you have, right? Or three-power and or 3 toughness creatures you have, right? D- just to be like, hey, size is a thing if you want to just get rewarded for any creatures at all, especially when they're going wide, is the best thing to do. Combine it with something else, right? Now, most sets have some color that has a token theme or a color pair in it, right? We build all our sets now to have, you know, at least 10 draft archetypes. It's more that it seems over the line that you get to... It ramp all the mana you want in Commander with green cards, and then draw all the cards you want too after playing your awesome creatures because we're giving all the pieces that you need, right? Mm -hmm. So if we could pull back anywhere, it's probably not having a giant creature and drawing equal to its power. It's probably not like Beast Whisper, which is like cast creature spells is good, right? We do like you to have actual creature cards that you that you're actually catching, instead of some, you know, thing that's spitting out tokens every turn, right? So I guess if I had to pick anywhere, that might yeah. be a place to pull back on and say, um, let this be a more special thing, right? We don't let you destroy any permanent. That's actually not in a color. You yeah. actually need more than one color to do that effect, right? So just just thinking mm-hmm. about it time of where Green might have it too nice, is uh, that that's that's a place I've been thinking about, but I haven't put anything into motion. I'm just bringing up that I know that green's ahead in commander, it is almost attributed to the rules of the format plus the fact that lots of fun things are green that have just been given a generosity Mm -hmm. at it. So, where to be a little less generous is sort of on has been Mm -hmm. in my mind for a while now.
3: Yeah, a lot of times, like, Legacy, Commander, Eternal formats are kind of just, like, a collection of the sins of the past, so...
1: That's right, Beast Within is, is my sin of the past. Yeah, I made Beast Within <laughs> as a... As, in New Phyrexia, it was trying to be color-bleedy, and that card is just played a ton, right? Yeah. That yeah. was me trying to be, like, what if each color blood a little bit to make it feel evil, right, feel violating... Because that's the bad guys, right? So white has some life loss in there. Elishnorn shrinks. Opponents creatures, which is not white or at least barely white on like a card from the dark. Yeah, That's a little color bleedy, but now we're a little more careful with our color bleediness. We try to make it pop when it is and we try to make it for a special reason. So like this character has a power suite. Uh, A good example might be how Kiora has this bubble effect, right? On one of the Kioras, crashing wave, I think. And so yeah. it prevents damage to creatures, right? But it's a blue card and a green card, and the green cards can fog, right? However, what would we ever do that effect in the game otherwise? Uh, protect this one creature for the whole turn in a damage prevention way. I have other examples too. I don't really want to. Spoil everything and give it all away. I think it's nice when there's some mystique yeah. to it. I, I was hoping that players would feel some of the color pot mm. and not have it dictated to them, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't want to be all doom and gloom of bad stuff. The harbinger of bad things or so. <laughs> Something to push on, perhaps, is... I don't know if you've ever watched any fantasy at all, but whenever there's some character that is wielding a wooden staff you know and has something like i'm wearing right now a nice green cloak right they look like a forest mage be a movie or a video game or anything they always have the ability to like make thorns and bushes grow real fast and like capture your feet and stop you mm-hmm. however it's always not lethal right mm-hmm. and i'm just looking at it and say what card is that right yeah. something that council all does that may not be obvious is there's increasingly more brand uh, expressions right magic legends uh, came out maybe it's not a, a card game it's a magic IP something but we still want there to be colors in it right and so instead of it being green can return any card from a graveyard because green is really good at cycles of life and the past and history and you know stuff like that However, make sure to not let you get back a spell, an instant or sorcery, because that's really loopy, right? That's kind of the reason green can get back any card in its graveyard is because it actually has, like, the worst instant sorceries that would be good Mm -hmm. at looping. But none of that makes any sense if it's, like, a first-person shield or something like that, right? So it's more like green can buff its creatures (laughs) and make them more powerful, right? And summon the largest creature to the battlefield. You can generate extra mana or resources, whatever it happens to be in the game, right? But something that would be cool is the whole, like, I make a bunch of thorns, like, appear, or roots, brambles, and vines, and they entangle. Them. You, you, the character always has to take some time and break out. But it doesn't kill them, actually, right? So a green spell could do that, because we don't let you destroy target creature mm-hmm. because it's called in Roots or something. Fog effects might work like that, prevent Mm -hmm. damage that would deal or be dealt because they're just stuck in a thing. But it feels like there could be more like that, some kind of slowing or stunned kind of effect, right? That could happen because that's in every single IP that I see where some kind of woodland, forest druid-like character, they always can do that power. What is that magic card? But also, what is that in a different game, a different brand expression? So that is something I'm, I'm looking to increase the power suite a little bit in that way. And that's an interaction point, right? That's the thing that is trying to be added more in green is some interaction.
0: Yeah, it's great that you guys are finding new resonant ways to solve these long-term problems.
1: Yes, that aren't or Within.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is a white card. <laughs> I wanted to ask you a bit, you know, green obviously has some difficulties with with, say, like, answering creatures without relying on its own creatures but there are like colorless cards expensive colorless answers that can sort of fill in some of the gaps in green's color pie like you have scour from existence or um more recently just today a card was spoiled from strixhaven that's a five mana colorless sorcery introduction to annihilation uh, that exiles target non-land permanent, and its controller draws a card. Yeah, so Scour from Existence
1: uh, is colorless, right? It actually costs like 7 mana, right? So the, it used to be the fact that mm-hmm. if you paid enough mana, you could do it in green. Like Desert Twister is that, right? Pay enough mana, you can do it. Uh, we, don't <laughs> try, we try not to do that. We try not to say if you pay 8 mana, your green creature can fly. We try not to do this. If you pay enough mana on the card itself, it can break pie. The place where you can pay enough mana to do anything is on colorless cards. There's some things we probably won't do on colorless cards, like the really mean stuff. Make opponents discard a bunch of cards. It's not a colorless card likely to make or ever make, like counter all the spells, destroy all the lands, right? So the whole yeah. you can. A mana and get away with it is actually a colorless thing, all right? It kind of sets the bar above what the color that's good at it would do it for. This specific stri- mm-hmm. card, if I recall mm-hmm. it right, is it destroy a non-land permanent for five mana? Do they get a 3-3? Uh, they just get a card, no token. They draw a card. That card changed a lot, um, if I recall. The reason it's pushed a little bit is it's trying to be this sort of answer that you might grab to kill your opponent's amazing card that's killing you in a draft, right? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. It does have compensation written on it. We we like to make those white, the whole, I burned your village, here's some gold, right? I killed some yeah. of your things. Here's, <laughs> yeah. a of, here's a bunch of soldiers or something to replace it. Those sort of tit-for-tat or uh, compensation cards. We like to make those white. So the card would is likely a white card in a vacuum if you didn't see a mana cost on it but that particular card in Strixhaven is trying to be a lesson that you can grab in a pinch to answer something your opponent played that's that's beating you that probably needs to be, you know, significantly dangerous meaning it's probably, you know, 5 mana and something mm-hmm. like that. You're going to be way far behind trying yeah. to def- points three mana cards by playing your five mana, give your opponent a card removal spell, right? It's not a a change in pie or a different direction. It's mostly like it serves a job.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just sort of curious how you feel about, because green has uh, such a strong monopoly on a lot of mana generation effects and like ramp and things like that, you know, these, these colorless cards tend to be a bit better in green. Than they are in other colors, like you know if you're playing a a mono red deck or or something and trying to use this this card to answer a problematic enchantment or something, that's a lot more of a of a hurdle to to cross than if you're in a green deck and you have access to a lot of ways to increase the amount of mana you have available
1: that's right. you can try to use your scour from existences in your mono green deck to answer problem things your opponent's doing. We have a baseline on the Cullis cards for a reason. If you want to burn things with your blue deck, you can play the Moonglove Extracts or or whatever it happens to be, right? The Cullis versions of that. That's that's the game. Mm -hmm. The fact that you get away with it more in green if because you can probably get away with paying the extra mana is fine. This district saving card also gives them a card, right? You're not getting out of it all the way. It is part of the game to use the colorless cards to show up your weaknesses. If you want to, you know, destroy everything with some kind of big board wipe artifact, then you can do that. In fact, we we like those as stop gaps so that something can't get too far out of whack, right? We think it opens the game up more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If yeah. you can suffer and play a monocolor deck and use some of these colorless cards to shore up a weakness if you have them then it would be to have them at all mm-hmm. and people may not actually play any monocolored decks at all No, yeah, that makes sense
0: we've talked a lot about you know how green just has access to some some really fun parts of the color pie are there any green effects that r&d tends to limit out of concerns that they might lead to unfun gameplay yes
1: um, absolutely in fact we limit lots of stuff all the time So uh, for Commander in particular, the best mana ramp is actually, right, Soul Ring and Mana Crypt, right, are actually better than the green cards. So, I mean, you can complain all you want, but Soul Ring is doing work to actually ease things (laughs) out. So a really good example is Mm -hmm. green is the best color at returning cards from its graveyard, any card at all, from its graveyard to his hand. We don't let any color do that. The reason we let you is for the most part the other green instants and sorceries are worse than what you would be getting back. If you could get your board white back or your upside counter spells back, you could sort of lock your opponent out of the game. But mm-hmm. we because green happens to not have ways to do things like take extra turns with its sorceries, right? Or counter a spell and draw a card with its blue with its green instance, right? You're yeah. it is one of the safest colors to allow that to happen right but what we don't want you to do is get more than one card back right you actually get a loop right so for the most part I try really hard to make sure if we ever make cards that get things back from the graveyard with some kind of upside like and you gain some life or something that they actually like can't loop with each other somehow and usually there's an exile clause on it right so that's a fast that I yeah. always do in and invariably there's some giant mythic card or something that returns a bunch of cards and things happen and have to make sure they write the exile clause on it season's past is a green sorcery that can get back cards and then uh, I'm pretty sure it was Aaron Forsythe who was being smart and said hey I can make you not reloop this card it now goes into your deck right and it took you know one event before Mm -hmm. I think John Finkel was getting it back out of his deck, right? So it was actually looped, right? We can try to not let you loop things, but people will Mm -hmm. loop it, okay? We even give you a a little try. People will take all the randomness (laughs) out of the game if they can, if they can get away with it. We Mm -hmm. have a strange thing we do where we try not to let Planeswalkers that are green ultimate if doubling season is on the battlefield. (laughs) That may not be obvious we do have i do do a doubling season check of hey would this be crazy if it could ultimately immediately with a doubling season right and for the most part we pull them back i don't know what the current most ridiculous one is it architect of thought one of them it's like you can go get a card out of everyone's deck and play it or something i'm not sure what could get more ridiculous than that but there where we'll let you do it. I'm pretty sure there's a Vraska that lets you get like some assassins and stuff. And we were like, yeah, we c- will let you do that. But
0: yeah, oh, that like kill you. Yeah, when they hit they don't
1: you. kill yeah. you immediately, <laughs> right? You kind of need to attack at some point. We'll have a check and say maybe this is okay to print uh, because it's often trying to also be a sweet finisher for you know the standard deck. Those are examples yeah. of trying to rein in a little bit. Um, Knowing what players want to do with their cards if we let them, right? They will break them if we let them.
3: I actually was going to ask about that because it seemed from, like, someone who we, like, do set reviews all the time that the green Planeswalkers in particular have been doubling season-proof for a while now.
1: Yeah, so you've noticed.
3: Uh, Yeah, definitely. One of the big things that we don't necessarily need to talk about is when people talk about, like, allowing Planeswalkers as commanders, they're always like, oh, well, we'd have to ban Doubling Season. And I am of the opinion that you wouldn't because you've been doing your job and making sure that they don't just completely go off the rails.
1: <laughs> well, the truth is Doubling Season was made in a time before Planeswalkers existed, right? Yeah. So that's just a, a function of making a game that's forwards and backwards compatible, right? Players like it that their cards yeah. do stuff. Yeah with the previous cards and they also like it that the cards they currently own will do stuff with the new cards that will invariably come out in the future right so yeah it's all part of making one continuous game with expansions that played it play together that stuff will break
0: and it's more of a question of is it still fun or not
3: (laughs) no that's cool thank you
0: is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about green and, and its place in Commander and the color pie? Yeah, so
1: green, I know, is a very strong in Commander. It has a important place in the color pie that has grown just from our game design purposes of having fun. We keep trying to add fun to all the colors, and green has had more than its fair share of fun. <laughs> My goal is that in the... Near future, we can get a little more interaction in there and keep all the fun stuff and maybe pull back on just a little bit on one or two of the things that maybe green could do without and it would be better to give to a color that could uh, use it or have a little different angle to it. I'm still happy with Mm -hmm. playing your big artifacts if you need them to shore up a weakness. That's all good to go. Happy with green splashing all the colors Uh, To make a five color deck work, that's a a strength. Even though we give you lots of dual lands and all the colors, all the color pairs, trying to get up past, you know, to three, four, and five colors, we still like being a green thing, right? You should think of green first if you were going to try to do that. Start with green and find your other colors. Another thing I'm trying to push on is uh, green had trouble finding an iconic race. So it has elves, right? Mm -hmm. And you're never going to dethrone elves as far as what color are elves? Well, they're green, right? They live in the forest. So Mm -hmm. Hydras were being pushed for a long time to try to be a green iconic. The problem is they're cool and they grow. Like they literally have a grow mechanic. Just the, the mythological creature itself has a way to grow. However, they prove clunky Mm -hmm. and wordy and similar, right? They all blend together, right? For someone who is to actually know the cards, like they actually blend together a lot. So starting with Ixalan, I've been pushing hard to try to make dinosaurs more of a green iconic thing, right? So they have more things they can do. A dinosaur could be small. It could be mean. It could be huge, right? And the very largest creatures on Earth, right, were some giant sauropod, right, from the past. So it's as yeah. fantastical <laughs> mm-hmm. as an angel or a demon are, or a dragon, right? But I'm hoping that some of the pushes that you can see, maybe there's a sweet dinosaur in more sets than you might have been expecting is possibly me trying to push on and say, hey, yeah, let's make the largest creature a dinosaur here or try to make this one super cool, right? Because they have much more diverse things you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's
0: a contribution I've been trying to do ever since Exelon came out.
3: No, that's
1: wonderful.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of people are really excited about dinosaurs, so I'm, I'm glad that we're going to get to see more of them in the future.
1: Right. There were very, very few of them uh, up until Exelon hit, and so I'm hoping that the... You know, gloves are off, and we can yeah make them in lots of our settings. Uh, even if there's just one one of them stomping around, uh, being the biggest thing that your opponent could possibly play against you. That's an important thing to maintain. Is size is a green thing, in particular having size and yeah. like they're equal, like nine nine, ten ten, eleven eleven,
3: right? Hmm. No real ball lightnings. In, uh, in green, we want like that nice, even power toughness combo.
1: Yeah, less, less groundbreakers, more gigantic choruses. That's a very good analogy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, cool.
0: What's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you if they'd like to continue Ooh, the conversation? So uh, you can get me on my Twitter,
1: it's probably the best place. Nice public. I'm at N O R R Y T T. That's hard to spell again n-o-r-r-y-t-t nor it it's a magic card where i had to change the i to a y because it was taken no so that's a <laughs> plug setting i do i do read my thread i can't reply to everything but um i gauge more on a barometer of how well we're doing by like you know the levels of applause and the levels of booze but uh this is all important stuff uh, the game's only bigger with more brand expressions and more cards coming out i'm just hope i make a great game for all of you to play and to continue to enjoy
0: well you've been doing an awesome job i gotta tell you uh eldritch moon is actually my favorite set of all time i just (laughs) love that cosmic horror flavor and i really think you knocked that one out of the park yeah we went
1: off on the deep end pretty hard Mm -hmm. with uh with my (laughs) i had this Terrible PowerPoint animation of Gisella, right, and Bruna, and they combine into a Brazella. And I made a lot of people angry in our digital expressions of trying to figure out how to make one card and another card become one card and then break apart again. But <laughs> the melding cosmic horror thing is a cool idea. A good way to twist on Innistrad.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think some of your leads when there was still two sets drafted together were like some of my favorite draft environments. So it's really cool to get to talk to you. Like I think about Fate Reforged all the time. <laughs> all the time. So yeah, it's really cool to to actually get to hear your takes on everything.
0: Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Ken, uh it's been a, a real pleasure and I uh, really appreciate all your insights.
1: Yeah, thanks, Nick and Zach. I hope to hear from my other Members as well, uh, they can get up here and defend their colors and say why they're uh, the best. Um, when we know that green is the yeah
3: best. yeah <laughs> red. Well, cool. We'll have a good night. We'll talk to you later, or hopefully talk to you later. <laughs>
0: yeah. Thanks so much, Ken.
3: Okay. Really quick before we get going, it is Zach here to say thank you to our Patreon patrons. So that is Gustav, Ryan, Mark. Amon Addison Mason Rick Laser Raphael Charlotte the Whiteclays Hannah Anthony Andy Dylan James Justin Logan Roger Evan Bryce Dylan Benjamin Jamie Matthew Jason Kyle Brandon Kydell Jeremy Russell Troy Dylan Walter Leo Ian John John Tom Kevin and Micah. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We could not do stuff like this interview without your support, like almost literally. So. Thank you very much. And uh, we are excited to do some more stuff like this in the future. I hope you enjoyed it. Bye.
0: If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr. And Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy. And you can check them out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.